Board of Zoning Appeals meeting. My name is Luke Mortensen, and tonight I'm with Catherine Week, staff liaison to the Board of Zoning Appeals. We will work alongside the chair um, to facilitate this meeting's proceedings. This meeting is being recorded on uh, and broadcast live on the city's YouTube and public access channels. For those who are joining on Zoom, please mute yourself when not actively speaking. Please keep your video on for the duration of the meeting. Um, as always, there will be no screen sharing as part of tonight's meeting. All attachments, reference materials, and submissions from the public are included in the agenda packet. The chair will call for in-person and virtual public comment for those who wish to speak later. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each board member individually to provide his or her vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried in the count of that vote. Um, I'll now ask Catherine to determine if we have quorum tonight. Uh, good evening, board members. Uh, Herod? Here. Palos? Here. Rankin? Here. Shalinsky? I'm here. Shanuda? Here. And we do have quorum. Thank you. Okay. So welcome to the first meeting of the new year. Uh, the first item on the agenda is communications. Uh, acknowledge uh, communications to come before the board. And I would note that there is a a uh, letter in our packet um, regarding the uh, approval of minutes items that are before us. We, we do have one other item that also came um, in past the 10 a.m. deadline and Luke can give you the details on that for one of the items on the agenda this evening. Yeah, and I, I can mention it again when um, we go over that specific item, but the comment came in after the 10 o'clock deadline and it was uh, generally in opposition to the variance that we'll discuss. Okay. <clears throat> um, do any of the board members have any ex parte communications to disclose and or uh, abstentions on specific agenda items. Okay. Um, it appears there are none. And then finally, um, are there any items that will be deferred? Uh, staff doesn't have any items that will be deferred um, this evening, so I think we're good to go. Okay, so we have four sets of um, minutes that are pending approval, and we have receipt of a letter um, from Marcy Francisco regarding 
those minutes. Um, this isn't really a public hearing item, but um, Marcy is here in the room, and do you have anything you would like to add to the contents of your letter? I think my letter is explanatory, so the only thing would be if not all the members had had a chance to read it. Okay. Um, I'm going to presume that the members have read their packet. If not, no. maybe. Where, where is it? Is it the end of the... Huh? Was it just submitted? Is that it? Is it at the end of the packet? No, it's there's a link in the agenda. I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, it's <clears> at the top <throat> under section B under communications. If you open up the full agenda packet, it looks like it's page four out of 61. Page four out of 61. All right. right, so I'm going to just. Um, I've, I have if, found it. I'm going to give folks a couple minutes to read it if they have not done so, and then we'll go ahead and proceed with looking at the minutes after that. You know, I've got it popped up on the PC in front of you now. Oh, do you? Okay, well, I'm, I'm reading it on my phone, but that's fine. Go. Thank you. you Thanks, that's much better. Thank you. Okay, has everyone had an opportunity to read the letter? Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, we will take up the uh, minutes one at a time and uh, in Keeping with the letter, we can um, vote the minutes up or down, and um, if anyone has any amendments to the proposed minutes, we can take those up as we go. So, um, item number one, uh, consider approval of minutes from May 4th, 1923. Uh, does 
Anybody have a motion to make or discussion? Well, a motion and then discussion. We would be looking for a motion to approve. I'll make that motion to approve. Do we have a second? I'll second that. Okay, do we have any discussion of this? All right, hearing none, uh, let's proceed to a vote. Herod? Aye. Palos? Aye. Rankin? Aye. Shalinsky? Aye. Shenouda? Aye. And motion carries. Okay. Let's proceed with item number two. <coughs> Consider approval of the minutes from April 6, 2023. Um, do we have a motion? All motion to approve. And is there a second? I'll second it. Okay, there's a motion and a second. Is there any discussion? Hearing no discussion, let's proceed to a vote. Herridge? Aye. Palos? Aye. Rankin? Aye. Shalinsky? Aye. Shenouda? Aye. And that motion carries. Okay, item number three, consider approval of the minutes from February 2, 2023 meeting. Uh, is there a motion? I motion to approve the minutes for February 2nd, 2023. Thank you, we have a motion, do we have a second? I'll second it. Moved and seconded. Is there any discussion on item three? Okay, let's proceed to a vote then. Herod. Aye. Palos. Aye. Rankin. Aye. Shalinsky. Aye. Shenouda. Aye. Motion carries. Very good. Um, Finally, item four, do we have a motion? This is uh, the January 5th, 2023 minutes. A motion to approve the minutes from January 5th, 2023. Is there a second? Okay. Um, any discussion on this one? Okay, let's proceed to a vote. Herod? Aye. Palos? Aye. Rankin? Aye. Shalinsky? Aye. Shenouda? Aye. And that motion carries. Okay, thank you. Um, we have 
two public hearing items tonight, and we will proceed now with the first one. Um, this is uh, item B, 23-00410, uh, this is a request for a variance from off-street parking standards for a proposed duplex use. Uh, this would be uh, to reduce the required off-street parking load from six off-street spaces to three off-street spaces. Property address is 927 Louisiana Street. Uh, this is submitted by Scott Atterbury on behalf of AB Holdings LLC, the property owner of record. Uh, staff, would you please present this item? Mr. Chair, can we take up one issue before we uh, hear staff present on this issue? Okay. Sure. So, um, just before I jumped onto this meeting, I saw I got uh, an email from staff advising that there is intermittent internet connection with the city today, and they asked me to come in person. Of course, I didn't see that until I was jumping on. Do we still have any fear of an internet problem tonight at the city at City Hall? <laughs> staff liaisons, Catherine Week. Um, as of 15 minutes before this meeting is when we got the internet back. So I can't say that we don't have the issue of losing the internet. We always have the potential for technology um, right. difficulties, which there is a disclaimer on the agenda. Um, so the primary form to meet is in person. We were concerned about having quorum, which is one reason why we were right. contacting. And so do we need five to have quorum tonight? We only need four. Okay, all right. Then that's all I have. Okay, so cross our fingers that everything remains operational. Okay, if you're ready, um, I will go ahead with the first item. Uh, good evening, board members. As Chair Shlinsky just noted, the first public hearing item tonight is a request for variance from the off-street off parking standards for a proposed duplex use located at 927 Louisiana Street. I'll now briefly walk through the five criteria items as outlined in Article 13 of the Land Development Code. So the first criteria, criteria focus on, focuses on conditions of uniqueness not ordinarily found in the same zone or district. The subject property is comprised of one platted lot and a portion of, an, of the adjacent platted lot. 927 Louisiana Street is approximately 3,500 feet larger and has about 30 additional feet of right-of-way frontage compared to most Central Lawrence lots. As we've previously discussed, much of Central Lawrence's neighborhoods were platted and developed with the standard 50-foot by 117-foot dimensions. The subject property is approximately 80 feet by 117 feet. There are several examples of enlarged lots within the Oriad neighborhood. An exhibit showing these lots is located within the staff report. 
927 Louisiana Street is located within District 5 of the Oread Neighborhood Urban Conservation Zoning Overlay. District 5 is the Oread Historic District. While District 5 has some distinct and unique standards which are outlined in the Oread Neighborhood Design Guidelines, there are also neighborhood-wide standards applicable to all of the districts and areas encumbered by the Oread Neighborhood Urban Conservation Zoning Overlay. One district-wide standard is the restriction on additional driveway curb cuts for lots with adjacent alley rights-of-way. This restriction on additional driveway curb cuts applies to 927 Louisiana Street and any lot with alley access in the Oread neighborhood. Finally, staff recognizes the subject property's significant slope could make the provision of additional off-street parking challenging. However, the property slope is not a condition unique to only 927 Louisiana Street. Steep slopes are common throughout the Oread neighborhood and affect the development of several north and south streets, as well as several east and west streets within the Oread neighborhood. To conclude this first section, the subject property is a generally rectangular lot with frontage along both street and alley rights of way. While the design restrictions imposed by the Oread neighborhood design guidelines and the geographic challenges imposed by the slope of, um, of, the, of, the, of the street could, could present design challenges, staff does not believe they constitute conditions of uniqueness when compared to similar and adjacent properties within the surrounding zone or district. The second criteria focuses on the requested variances effects on the rights of adjacent property owners or residents. Staff does not believe the reduced off-street parking load as requested would adversely affect the rights of adjacent property owners and residents from continuing to operate and utilize their code compliant detached dwelling and multi-dwelling residential uses. The third criteria focuses on unnecessary hardship as defined by Article 17 of the Land Development Code. As always, it's included in the staff report. Staff does not believe the requested variance is the minimum action required to establish a code compliant land use and to protect the property owner's basic right of property ownership. The requested variance would constitute an unequal increase in development rights when compared to adjacent properties and land uses. The Land Development Code's definition of unnecessar unnecessary hardship is a high bar to clear and requires the code's development standards to be so unreasonable, arbitrary, and capricious that it becomes impossible for a property to establish or maintain a code-compliant land use. Staff does not believe the off-street parking requirement for duplex use constitutes an unnecessary hardship. The fourth criteria focuses on adverse effects upon the public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, or general welfare. The, pr the proposed duplex use would have six bedrooms, which would, would require six off-street parking spaces. If three off-street parking spaces are provided on the subject property, approximately three vehicles could be parked within the public right-of-way. It is reasonable to expect that some of the current tenants' vehicles are already regularly parked in the public right-of-way. The city does not license on-street parking spaces and there are no neighborhood parking permit programs within the city. Where legal, vehicle parking in the public right-of-way is, distrib is distributed on a first-come, first-served basis. Heavily parked rights-of-way in the Oread neighborhood are generally expected and anticipated. Staff does not believe this adversely affects the previously listed items. The fifth and final criteria focuses on the spirit and intent of the Land Development Code. 
Staff does not believe this proposed variance aligns with the spirit and intent of the Land Development Code, specifically the variance process. Variances must remain tools that mitigate the unnecessary hardships caused by the literal interpretation of the Land Development Code for development on properties with extraordinary conditions of uniqueness. This proposed variance is a request to establish a desired duplex land use rather than the bare minimum action necessary to equalize the development process in order to establish a basic code compliant land use. This off-street parking reduction would increase the development rights of this property rather than allow the owner to establish or maintain a minimum code compliant land use. So with that, staff can stand for questions and our applicant is with us in the room tonight for questions as well. Do any board members have any questions of staff at this time? Okay, um, let's hear from the applicant. This where I speak? Yep. <clears throat> Can Raise that up if you need to. There's a button on the podium there, on the side of the podium right in front of you. Oh, okay. <clears throat> this is fine. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't really have much to say with regard to the responses the staff gave to my five criteria. Um, all, I had, all I do have to say is, you know, ask you guys to use, instead of a literal written interpretation of how the code is written, um, you know, just use a common sense interpretation. I could very well, instead of approaching this project as a duplex, approach it as a detached dwelling unit. And I would be permitted uh, by the code to have six bedrooms with three parking spots if it was done that way. Um, so all other outside factors, uh, if the east side of Louisiana Street is too full, uh, with the result of that, or if the neighbors don't like it, that's still, you know, that's still uh, allowed by code if I were to do a detached dwelling unit setup instead of a duplex setup. So that's all I have to say. Do any board members have any questions for the applicant? I do. Uh Am I on? I can't tell. Yes. Yes, okay. Um, do you have any idea why there's parking only on the east side of the street instead of both sides? I assume it's because it's a historic uh, item. There's a, I think there's a historic house on the uh, southern part of the block. Huh. And I assume that's why there's no parking allowed on that side of the street. It'd be nice if there was parking on both sides, but I don't know. Yeah why you know it's only allowed on one side does, does staff have any i'm guessing you don't but i do you have any idea why it is do you want to you want to answer go ahead no well typically whether it's one-way parking or one side of the other is based on the width of the right-of-way i don't have the specifics here but typically mso designates where there's parking only on one side of the street dependent on the width of the right-of-way and whether or not it's a local road or a connector or uh, uh, arterial. Hmm. So it's usually based on MSO standards, not necessarily for the historic reasons. Can I comment on that? Sure. Um, 
Ohio Street, which is right next to Louisiana, is a similar width, and they do have parking on both sides of the same block. Again, it's usually something that is triggered by MSO standards, so I don't have the specific answer, but it's usually based on the MSO and their traffic patterns, so. Okay. Well, I was more than just curious about it. It just seemed to me that in that location, the demand for parking is pretty much constant. It's not right now. Obviously, the students are gone, but... Um, and the residence itself mm -hmm. has now three... You're calling it three parking spaces? Yeah, I think staff mentioned that uh, apparently it's officially two spaces in the two. alley, but okay. there are are always three cars that are easily fitting in there. Okay. Uh, they're parked at an angle, kind of like on Mass Street. Right, and the um, aerial photograph showed three cars. Yeah, the, the photographs that the staff provided actually showed right. three cars in there. So, Could you get another car in there? Probably not. It'd be a very tight squeeze. Okay. Um, all right. <clears throat> so... My question is, and it doesn't directly relate to the parking per se, it relates to the um, requirement for the parking. What is it you're proposing to do at the property exactly? So the property is a single family home and I would like to convert it into a duplex. The reason why is because I want to legally have more than four unrelated tenants living in there at one time by having multiple dwelling units. Um, <clears throat> code says that for a duplex, there needs to be one parking spot per bedroom. In this case, the duplex would have six bedrooms. I would need six parking spots. I can't put any new parking spots the way the the way the property is there's really no room to put any more parking spots on the alley side unless I demolished a building I can't put any new parking on the east side of the, of the property because I'm limited by you know neighborhood rules of no new curb cuts um, with that said if I was doing a detached dwelling unit as I mentioned, if I was doing a detached dwelling unit instead of a duplex, the rules say that a detached, for a detached dwelling unit, there only needs to be one parking spot per dwelling unit. So in that case, I could have three parking spots with two dwelling units, three bedrooms in each dwelling unit if, you know, in theory, um, and that'd be fine. So I guess my question is, why the why is one allowed and one's not based on what's essentially a technicality of whether I choose to go with a duplex or a detached dwelling unit for this renovation project? I'm going to jump in there and just one correction: the Article Nine requires two off-street parking spaces for one detached dwelling unit. Two. Once you jump up to the duplex land use, the off-street parking load goes from by the dwelling unit to by the bedroom. And so it's similar for multifamily. That's it's, uh, the parking spaces are calculated per bedroom. Right. So if it is, if it remained a single family home, a detached dwelling, 
He, it's correct. Only two off-street parking spaces are required. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. And currently there are how many bedrooms in the house? Uh, there's currently seven bedrooms. Okay. But with the renovation I'd be proposing, it, one of them would be converted and there would end up being six. All right, thank you. Uh, any other questions for the applicant? Okay. Um, we're going to uh, open the public hearing now and ask um, if anyone from the public would like to speak on this item. I appreciate being able to be here. Uh, my name is Candace Davis, and I live at 947 Louisiana. It's a historic house uh, locally na and nationally and in the state, which is two houses away from um, this request for a duplex. Um, I just want to say it's confusing to me that there are seven bedrooms in this house, too, which kind of surprised me just to hear that. Um, I have a house similar that I own on Ohio Street that's a large lot. It has three stories, and we have four unrelated individuals that live in that. We have provided the um, needed uh, parking that was required for that as well. But I'd like to say um, I've lived in this neighborhood for 25 years. And for those of us who've lived here, we've worked very hard to find a balance for all the interested parties, and that's homeowners, renters, and investors in the neighborhood so that we can have a fair and balanced neighborhood. Uh, granting to me unnecessary exceptions for variances just creates uh, a problem that weakens our codes and to me it's really important that we be consistent. So as someone who has lived in Orient a long time, I value its historic significance. I value the many, many uh, single dwelling units that are there that we're trying to kind of compete with economic and financial interests, but also have some homeowners that still remain there. So I would like to support the staff's recommendation to deny this request. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, do any of the board members have any questions? Okay. Uh, another comment? Good evening. Um, Marcy Francisco, 1100, um, 1101, Ohio. Um, so speaking to some of the comments that have been made, um, Ohio Street has parking um, perhaps on two sides of the street on the 900 block, but on the 1000 block there is only parking on one side of the street. Um, there again is parking on both sides of the street from 11th Street south, but that's because it's one way. So in order to uh, facilitate traffic, um, the city, um, if they allowed parking on both sides of the street, 
might have to make that traffic one way. And um, that's not necessarily helpful when you have Kentucky and Tennessee um, close by and you don't want to put everybody out on 9th Street. Um, so that might be um, the reasoning. So um, in terms of the number of bedrooms and people, it's, there is a limit to having four unrelated adults in a single family residence in Oriad. Um, because of our zoning, that's higher than um, some other neighborhoods that can only have three. But um, if you have a family, it's less likely that everyone in that family has a car. So there might be some bedrooms for school-aged children. Um, and I think that may also have something to do with it. Um, two things beyond that. Um, I am pleased to be serving as a member of the um, Land Development Code Advisory Committee. And we are looking at issues of duplexes and issues of parking. So because that discussion is underway, it seems that that should be the way that this issue is addressed. I know that many people are very interested in having greater density, but the rules should apply equally um, across the board. Because of that, um, I too support um, the findings um, in the staff report and their conclusion. Um, I would ask, just as I did um, in my letter, that if you um, have discussions and um, make motions that you do include um, uh, evidence presented, findings of fact by the board, um, state clearly your reasoning that um, the conditions um, are met or are not met. Um, because giving exemptions to our land development code without meeting those five conditions set forth in state law um, is of concern. Thank you. Thank you. Any uh, board members have any questions? Yeah, I do. Uh, I don't know if you're able to give us any sense of what direction the uh, land development group is going with parking, but my guess is you're going to increase the allowed park or decrease the minimum. Am I correct? Um, we're just an advisory board. I understand. So um, I think um, there's going to be differences of opinion. Sure. Um, on that board, and um, that might be a better question. Um, well, I was going, I'm, yeah. For staff, but I, th but um, if that happens, it should happen for everyone at the same time, not necessarily piecemeal, and not just because we think it might happen. So the planning commission would have to weigh in. The members of the city commission um, would have to weigh in. So. Even if the advisory board recommends a reduction in the requirement for parking, that's not necessarily what will be in our code. Right. I'm, I'm just echoing what I'm aware of, is, is that across the nation, uh, community after community is, is reducing its minimum requirements for parking. Some places have gone so far as to just eliminate parking as a requirement. 
Uh, and I see that as a growing trend, maybe not for Lawrence, but uh, it, it seems that's the direction planning's going. But I'll, I, can I ask staff their understanding of where they are with that? Uh, sure, you can ask. Yeah, I would echo what Marcy said. There, there have been preliminary discussions about parking, mm -hmm. including a reduction of parking for several types of uses. But, but like Marcy said, that there, there's been no um, consensus. There's been no determined direction yet okay. at this time. That would be passed on to the further boards or commissions. Okay. One additional comment too. Um, and I was going to say this before our commenter got up to say it as well, but when you do get ready to enter into your um, discussions this evening, not just on this item, but on all of the items on the agenda, um, coming off your recent uh, refresher on training and uh, what the state statutes do say, the role of the Board of Zoning Appeals is, um, our commenter does make a good point, and I was going to reiterate it um, right before you started your discussions to really focus your discussion on those criteria points um, and try as a reminder to use the statement because um, in there when you're making your motions or you're um, weighing in on whether it does or does not meet those criteria points. That makes it easier for staff, for everyone in the room who's listening to these and for um, city manager's office and city legal office if they have to review the items later, so. Thank you. Okay. Just one one last question. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you got? Is there a timeline for when the uh... the steering committee has been meeting monthly? Uh huh. Um, they did not meet this month. Okay. And they're working on their 2024 meeting dates right now. Okay. So I'm. Is it? It's not likely going to be within six months. Uh, Catherine, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, I think the larger goal for adoption is at some point in 2024 of a new yeah. code. Okay. Yeah, that is the goal. I think there um, currently there were three modules. They were broken up into three modules for the code. They're currently entering third module and discussing third module. There's going to be some more public uh, meeting opportunities and discussion, and then they'll be presenting um, early in okay. maybe March or April. I'm not sure of the date for a city commission or um, presenting where they're at. So we're not there yet, but we're, we're close to getting okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other questions? Any Is other public comment? Make it very brief, please. Very brief. I uh, wanted to mention, uh, and I did in my letter, but that one side of the street parking on Louisiana is generally full at all times, mm -hmm. with the exception of particularly uh, important holidays. And my friends park on 10th Street. Thanks. Thank you. Is there any uh, public comment on the computer screen or anywhere else in the room. There does not appear to be any Zoom commenters. Okay. Uh, in that case, I would like to have a motion to close the public hearing portion of this item. So moved. Is there a second? 
I second that. Moved and seconded to close the public hearing. Uh, let's have a vote. Herod? Aye. Palos? Aye. Franken? Aye. Shalinsky? Aye. Shenouda? Aye. And that motion carries. Thank you. Okay. So um, let's bring this to the board for discussion. Any discussion or any motions that anybody has? As mentioned earlier, I'll start. Um, we have to follow the guidelines of the state rules, and if it doesn't meet the five criteria, if it meets the five criteria, we have to follow that criteria. And I, will, I understand the situation, but if you do try to go by in that neighborhood, it's very difficult to find parking. It is tough. Um, unfortunately, it is what it is, and so for me, it'd be difficult to approve that, knowing that it's hard to find parking spaces, and going from six to three is a lot, I think. Uh, if it was one, I could understand, but... That's my thought on that. Anyone else? Um, I agree with that. It's I'm usually not in favor of limiting parking, especially in um, locations like this where it's already limited. Um, I agree, it doesn't meet all five criteria. You know, we're not here to change or bend the code. We're here to interpret it. And when all five hardships are met, then we can offer variance. But because of that, I don't, I don't believe this one should have a variance. Anyone else? Yes. yes, I do. I, I, I've visited the site and am familiar with the area enough to know that uh, the issue of the uniqueness, the slope, the situation with the alley, um, and the what would it take to to put six parking spaces there, uh, I don't think would be beneficial to the. Topography. I'm not sure exactly how that would even work, if it is feasible. I think that the regulations that the Oread District has placed upon itself about prohibiting what everybody else can do is having access from your front, that you can't have a curb cut. Uh, I support that, but it's a restriction that is unique to the Oread neighborhood. Am I correct in that? Is it not unique everywhere else? 
there are other access management standards. Mm -hmm. Curb cuts are determined by your road classification or your distance from intersection, but okay. the the re restriction on curb cuts in Oriad is is based in the design guidelines. I gotcha. All right. Well, I I think there are unique features here, and I do think they the uniqueness of those features do present a hardship. Uh, in the case of meeting the requirements. And um, I'm kind of also struck by the fact that the housing, the single family home would allow him to have only two parking spaces versus going to a duplex where the structure is not gonna change. Uh, probably the occupancy is not gonna change, uh, significantly anyway. Um, that. I suspect that what's what's going on now is that, that there's not a parking, I don't know if there is a parking problem or not. Um, there's a parking problem all over Lawrence, depending on the day and the football game and basketball. But uh, regardless, uh, I think the circumstances here are all unique uh, regarding this, and they do pose a hardship on the applicant. Uh, and including, I don't see any reason why they, uh, there's no parking on the street right away. I can't understand why that is. I'm sure somebody had a reason for doing it. It's been that way probably forever. But um, that street meets the 60 feet right away. I'm pretty sure for a local street, that's probably adequate right away for parking on both sides. But so those are my comments. Okay. Thank you. Um, you have any discussion, Travis? I would be uh, willing to make a motion to um, uphold staff recommendation and deny the request for variance. Okay. Do you make that motion then? I would. Okay. Um, is there a second? I'll second that motion as long as everybody feels like they've discussed what they need to. Okay, thank you. Will you repeat the motion? The motion is to uh, uphold the staff uphold. recommendation, so that would be to I got deny you. the I, I just thought he said opposed. I got you. And um, I'll just say that um, I went by the site and had a look. And um, yeah, it would be very challenging to put six spots there. There are what Appears to be three, and one could probably cram four cars in there, but one of them would require someone else to move theirs in order to get it out. So that would be um, a little cumbersome. And there actually was parking on the street today, um, but I would note that we are in between semesters and um, 
though it is not a heavily traveled block. I've been up that hill a few times, and I know that um, a lot of times there's a lot more cars parked there than there happen to be today. Um, we can argue the uniqueness factor, I guess, either way. I do think um, the fact that two people from the neighborhood were here in person and there was another letter in the packet does raise some questions about whether or not the uh, neighborhood impact would be uh, a problem. Uh, I don't, I think it raises question about whether or not we could find that that um, criteria has been met. Um, all right, are we ready to vote? Okay, please call the roll. Herod? Aye. Palos? Opposed. Rankin? Aye. Shalinsky? Aye. Shenouda? Aye. The motion carries four to one. All right. I'll email you. Thank you. Thank you. Item number two, request for variance B2300425, uh, this is a request for a variance from the required <coughs> interior side setback standard. Um, applicant is seeking a variance to reduce the required setback distance in the uh, RS5 district from the required five feet to two and a half feet. Uh, this is a um, multiple lot property located at 418 and 420 Indiana Street. Um, the applicants are Philip and Rachel Rademacher, property owners of record request submitted by the Watkins Law Office. Um, staff, would you proceed with uh, your report, please? Yes, Catherine Weeks, staff liaison. Um, this is a variance request for item, as you mentioned, B2300425, property address located at 418 and 420 Indiana Street. The request is for a reduction in the interior side setback for a residential single dwelling structure and accessory structures um, in the RS5 zoning district. Um, and the district is RS5 and the surrounding um, zoning is also RS5 and RS7. So the first criteria point in analysis um, 
for a variance request is whether or not the request arises from such conditions which are unique to the property in question and not ordinarily found in the same zone or district and are not created by an action or actions of the property owner or applicant. This particular subject property is currently in three platted lots. Um, the applicant is proposing to combine the three lots to construct a single dwelling or detached dwelling with an associated accessory structure. And both of those uses are permitted uses in the RS5 zoning district, as is the RS7 district or in this neighborhood in general. Uh, per the Douglas County records, the existing structures on the site were constructed in 1920 and 1935. The adoption of zoning codes in Lawrence took place in 1927. Um, the development of the lots as they exist today are compliant with codes when zoning codes were first adopted in 1927, even though one of the structures existed prior to codes, and when later constructed second structure in 1935. And they're compliant with current codes uh, for the RS5 zoning district today. Uh, the subject property's underlying subdivision plat, which is the old town plat for West Lawrence, was platted and recorded in 1866. And that is, again, before adoption of zoning in Lawrence, which was in 1927. Uh, the lots in the area are of similar size and shape and are typical for lots in this area, as well as East Lawrence, North Lawrence, and other parts of the original West Lawrence, uh, which were all part of that original town plat. These lots are not necessarily unique in any way. They're in shape, size, or form. Most of the lots in these uh, original town sites are of identical size um, and shape, recti rectilinear in nature. And uh, some of the uh, lots in the area, um, there's a list in the staff report, have also been combined in such a manner that the applicant is proposing to create larger lots for outdoor yard or larger structures. Um, so that is not uncommon in the area either. Uh, the applicant is proposing, uh, as I mentioned, demolition of the current existing structures on the three parcels and will create one lot for residential development. So in analyzing uh, the criteria for one as to whether or not the action is created by uh, unique conditions on the site, um, in staff's opinion, it does not meet this first criteria point as this um, is a design uh, preference in staff's opinion. And um, once lots are uh, vacated, either single lots with um, a single structure on them or combined to create larger lots, um, that basically creates a new slate uh, for development on that property. and. Uh, the development should be expected to comply with current regulations that are in, on, on file in the Land Development Code. This particular subject probably property will exceed in both sides in land area and lot frontage uh, what is considered a compliant lot in the RS5 district. A minimum lot standards for RS5 districts are uh, 5,000 square feet in area with lot frontage of 40 feet. Um, and this proposed uh, lot combination would uh, double the lot frontage on Indiana Street um, and nearly triple the lot area in size. So staff does not feel that it meets criteria point number one. The granting of the variance um, for criteria number two is that the variance will not adversely affect the rights of adjacent property owners. Staff did not find um, that this would impact or affect the rights of adjacent property owners. 
Um, in fact, the applicant has stated um, in their application that most of the neighboring uh, properties are in support uh, of this particular variance, and staff does not feel that it infringes on their rights of property ownership or their rights to use their properties in a code compliant manner. So staff did feel that it could meet that second criteria point. The third criteria point is that the strict application of the provisions of this chapter for which the variance is requested would constitute an unnecessary hardship upon the property owner uh, representing the application. And in staff's opinion, strict adherence to the code required setbacks uh, for any development um, does not constitute an unnecessary hardship. The st uh, Land Development Code in Section 2017-01 specifically defines unnecessary hardship, and I would encourage uh, the board members to review that definition. In staff's opinion, design preferences or options created on a site, regardless of intent of the design, um, do not rise to the level of unnecessary hardship. The land Development code, in fact, does provide some relief mechanisms uh, built into the code where unnecessary hardships could arise on a property, including options uh, to request a variance if all the criteria points are met. But there are also options built into the code specific to setbacks and exceptions to setbacks, an example of which listed in the staff report um, states that on narrow lots, um, particularly in areas such as in the original town plot, where structures have been built prior to zoning codes and may be closer to lot lines than current zoning standards. There is the option for the planning director to approve a width of not less than three feet of the sum of the widths. Basically, you could be up to um, as close to three feet uh, of one interior property uh, side yard or side lot line as long as the sum of the averages of the width of the two interior side setbacks on the same lot is not less than the combined minimum requirement. So there is some options when there are design challenges on some of these narrow existing lots where existing construction does exist. In this particular example, however, even these hardships are being removed by this particular proposal in that they are removing the existing structures and combining additional lots uh, to increase that width. So even that hardship would be uh, difficult to met. And again, staff feels that that is a applicant-induced hardship and does not rise to the level of necessary hardship. So staff does not feel that criteria three um, is met. Criteria four is that the variance desired will not adversely affect public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, or general welfare. Staff did find that this could meet criteria four. In staff's opinion, granting the variance does not create adverse effects upon the public, their health, safety, morals, or any of the above listed in the criteria point. The request in question is contained solely on that parcel and does not directly impact uh, with noxious effects to the surrounding area. And then lastly, criteria five, that granting the variance desired will not be opposed to the general spirit and intent of this chapter. In staff's opinion, granting the setback variance would be opposed to general spirit and intent of the land development code. Uh, the purpose of the variance process, as a reminder, is to equalize the process of development and permit development and permit development of a property that is so unique 
based on platting or zoning or some contextual issue that the code restrictions make it impossible for that landowner to develop or otherwise use, use in a code compliant manner. It's not the intent of the land development code and especially not the intent of the various process which is outlined by state statute to accommodate design preferences or challenges or expand the developable envelope of a compliant RS5 uh, single dwelling residential district lot. The land development code recognizes there are instances where exceptions uh, are warranted and could occur, such as architectural details like eaves, overhangs, uh, fire safety, um, window wells, the, uh, mechanical um, equipment is permitted in some side yards. So there are opportunities to maximize space in any given lot for development with those exceptions. And again, uh, staff does not believe that it met, meets criteria five uh, for the intent of not only the chapter in the land development code in general, but the process for a variance, which is specific for unique um, unnecessary hardship. And I would be happy to stand for any questions if you should have them. And staff is recommending denial if I didn't say that. So hey. in the staff report, yeah. Are there uh, any questions for staff at this time? Hey, Catherine, am I looking at this on the south side? The property will be past a five-foot setback. Is that correct on that drawings that figure four? Um, it's on the, the... Is that south? No, it's on the north. There, there's. More. They're asking for the variance on the north side. Yes, on the north side. On the south side, the proper the structure is going to be past a five foot setback, correct? No. You mean within, like? Yeah. Yes, there's. I don't know how many feet exactly. The applicant may be able to tell you the feet from the face of the building to the actual property line. But it's it's far greater than five yeah. feet. Yeah, it is. Okay. Any other questions for staff at this time? I'd like, staff would like to make one other comment if possible. Go ahead. Yeah, um, so we did get um, communications in and I believe they're gonna speak to that in a minute, but staff would like to uh, address one uh, thing in the, in the communication that you received. It just should be noted that staff does not give um, design options and staff is not giving design options in the staff report or directing specific solutions. Staff is merely presenting that there are solutions available um, to the applicant in the staff report. So I would just like to clarify that staff never presents design options. Um, that's not our role. That's um, the applicant's role to present to staff. So. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? Okay, Mr. Watkins. Good evening, Chair Solinsky. Good evening, board members. My name is Patrick Watkins. I'm an attorney. Um, I am here on behalf of Phil and Rachel Rademacher, who are here with me tonight. Um, Regina Kraus is an architect, uh, and she is on the Zoom call. Um, we submitted a letter on Wednesday of this week, kind of 
providing some further insight into our process and to the process of development on this project. And I think the letter speaks for itself. Um, I hope you all had the opportunity to look at it. I, if you haven't, um, I would certainly draw your attention to the exhibit on the last page. I think this is really one of the, the most useful pieces of information. And where the staff might see um, blank lots that could be raised, that could be um, the trees cleared, um, could be brought out of the floodplain, we see a lot more. We see a, a shadow from the neighboring property. We see mature, mature trees. We see slopes and contours. We see an existing driveway that's been there for we're not sure how long. Um, that's grown trees around it. Um, we see a range of site-related conditions that we, we don't believe the staff is willing to, to look at. So I, I do want to draw attention to this exhibit because I'll refer to it in some of our commentary. Um, and, and I would, um, you know, I, I appreciate staff's time and commitment to their job on this. Um, and I certainly don't mean to imply anything improper. I, I think, um, I think uh, the, the planners have done their job. Um, but we have a difference of opinion. Um, we think there's a good reason to be here today. Um, it's an interesting request. It's a small variance. We're talking about the side setback, the north side of the property, and we're talking about taking it from a five-foot buffer, essentially, down to a two-and-a-half-foot buffer on that side of the property. Um, and it's not for the entire length of the property. It's only for the portion of the property where the garage would be. Um, it's important, though. We've been through a very thorough and thoughtful design process. Um, and if it was not needed, as staff has suggested, that we could design around this, we wouldn't be here. Uh, we would have already designed around it. Um, but it is necessary. We've been through countless re revisions, and we've tried to narrow this as much as possible. And this is where we ended up. Um, and that's why we need your input. Um, and there's, there's more to this application. But I'm pleased to be here on behalf of this project. It, it's a unique opportunity for a land use attorney to be engaged with um, clients who are so thoughtful about what they're designing, um, who have engaged an architect who is willing to consider the broader range of implications that can happen when you have a lot that needs redevelopment. Um, and this is a, a truly unique area. You may have been down Indiana Street on the 400 block recently. Um, it's remarkable. Um, there's a couple there, Summer and Nate Wiedemeyer, who have remodeled several houses in town, one of them at 7th and Rhode Island. Um, one of them on the 300 block of Indiana. And they've done a remarkable job of rehabilitating what is a large lot um, for in early parcels that were put together, but a long time ago. They rehabilitated an old farmhouse, essentially, with a barn. They've done a remarkable job. Studio 804 is working on their third house within one block range. And the three of those parcels together represent some of the most dynamic infill development that's happening in Lawrence. Um, and if you haven't been down that block, I would really encourage you to drive down Indiana. It's special. It's, it's particularly interesting to me because I grew up just a couple blocks away. This was on the paper route of my best friend. And so I used to walk this block, among others, um, countless times. Um, I happened to also know that it's situated between two historic districts. It's got a historic site right on the block. Um, this is a really special place. And for a land use planner to uh, be engaged to work through a process like this where something special is needed to do something truly special 
add to the dynamic of the neighborhood. It's a great opportunity. So I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased to be here and, and help explain what's going on. Um, the Rademachers have put a lot of thought into this design process. They put the sort of, same sort of attention in designing this home that I think the neighbors have in their homes with the preservation and the sustainability work. It's a home that doesn't just meet the minimum standards of the code. It's a home that the Rademachers have designed to be the home for the rest of their life. Um, it's a project with aspirations to meet sustainability goals. Of This primarily means trying to locate a house, really a one-story house primarily, um, that absorbs as much southern sun as possible. And with a house right on the north line of the, of the lot to the south, this is kind of difficult. It shifts everything to the north. And that's really part of the reason why we have to be here today. Uh, but their aspirations also within that sustainability desire, it means solar panels. It means impervious surface driveways. It means single floor living. It means temperature control measures like larger cavities for, for insulation. Uh, and more effective measures to design a truly sustainable house. They also wanted the house to make sense within the landscape that it's going. It means staying outside of the floodplain. It means avoiding the possibility of removing too many trees that make up a 100-year-old tree canopy within this part of Pinckney neighborhood. It means keeping the driveway in the place that it's traditionally been located. This means respecting the natural contours of the lot. And this is an important one. There's a way around this variance if the Rademachers wanted to do a less insightful plan. They could raise the lot two feet, get as much southern exposure as they wanted. What would that do to the neighborhood? Well, it would take this property out of context and make it look strange. It would actually harm the neighbors those setbacks are designed to protect. Um, it would change the natural contours of, of uh, the, the landscape, which is all contrary to the work that's been done up to this point to design a thoughtful house. Another goal is to match the feel and aesthetic of the neighborhood. This is in between two historic districts. And what this means primarily, although this isn't a protected site, is, mean, is building a detached garage that doesn't face the street. One of the comments that came up during the, the, the process of applying for this variance is that attached garages that face the street could certainly save some space. And I think that's true. If we wanted to design a split level, three bedroom, three bath home with a two car garage attached to the house, you could probably fit it on this site. But that's not what's happening here. This is a more thoughtful process than that. That is truly damaging to the aesthetic of the neighborhood, and both the Preservation Alliance, the Historic Resource Commission would probably uh, forbid it. This also means designing something within the scale of the neighborhood, within the cadence of structures in the neighborhood. And what's happened here is, is that the Rademachers and their designer have designed a detached garage that matches the size of houses, that looks like a house from the side. They've designed a structure for the residents that looks and feels like the structures within the Pinckney neighborhood. These are just a few of the factors that went into the design process. We think there are clear answers for why this house has been designed this way and why this minor setback variance is necessary. I should also clarify that this is really two lots. The Rademachers do own a third lot behind it, 
but we're going through the process of combining the two lots up front and the third lot will, will remain a separate parcel. That's not a distinction that I had uh, informed Catherine about as it developed, but um, I do want to distinguish that this is really two lots up front. Um, before we talk about the design of the house, I do want to reference something that Catherine had mentioned, um, mentioned and, and something that I brought up in the letter is that we, we did reach out to the neighbors. That has been part of the process. Um, the neighbors are supportive of this request. They're supportive of the design of this house. You're not going to see a lot of opposition tonight to this request. The neighbor to the north is Dylan Bassett. Um, he happens to have a drum uh, studio in the back of his yard, and he likes the fact that the Rademacher's designed garage, even though it uh, uh, encroaches with two, two and a half feet into that setback, it provides a buffer from his drum studio to the rest of the neighborhood, which you know we didn't specifically ask the neighbors, but I think they all appreciate that too. Um, we talked to everybody on this side of the street, and we didn't get back get any negative feedback. Um, everyone that we talked to supports this variance. The plans for the house are in our letter in the packet or in the application. You'll see a two-bedroom, two-bath home. It's mostly one story. It's got a two-story volume for the second bedroom. The center driveway requires a turning radius to keep the garage from facing the street which is one of those design priorities, and it's not an extravagant home. It's one that's been carefully designed to fit within the neighborhood. The staff went through the elements of a variance, and we, and we do have some disagreements on uh, their analysis, but I'll, I'll keep my comments limited to those elements that they believe are not met. The staff did not believe that the variance arises from the conditions on the lot. This is particularly surprising to me. This is a truly unique area of Lawrence. It's a truly unique property. One of the unique parts of the, about this property is that it has no alley access. And that's not terribly uncommon in Pinckney, but it is pretty uncommon for these grid-style blocks where access is commonly derived. Um, I've outlined a few of the unique parts of this property, and I've, I've labeled them in my letter. Um, I'd be happy to respond to any commentary or discussion about the uniqueness of this property. Staff didn't find that strict application of the code would constitute an unnecessary hardship upon the owner. And I would just draw your attention to the definition of unnecessary hardship. It calls for us to look, and it's predicated on viewing the property in its existing environment. We believe there's a lot more to this existing environment than just a couple of lots that were drawn in 1866. Um, there's contours. There's a neighborhood that's developed around it. Um, there's trees, and there's a neighboring property that's quite large. Um, it also calls for us to examine what strict application of the code provision at issue is. In this case, we're talking about a five-foot setback. It would be reduced to 2.5 feet if the variance is granted. It's not an elimination of the setback. It's just a reduction. And these side setbacks are designed to protect the neighbor from improvements. They're designed to keep the building patterns similar within the neighborhood. But they're not sacred. They've changed before, and they're due to change again. In this case, the intentions of the setback have clearly been fulfilled. We have a property owner that's willing to spend the time and effort and resources to make sure that the cadence of the neighborhood is upheld 
We have a property owner that's designed an architect to ensure that this property protects the neighbor. And we certainly reached out to the property owner to the, ne to the, to the north, and, and they are supportive of this application. I think there's good reason to believe that the intentions of the setback are frustrated if the variance is not approved. The solution that is available to the Rademachers, I mentioned this, is to raise the level of the ground, to fill in the property, to gain that southern sunlight that, that's being trying to be achieved here. That's completely contrary to why these setbacks were invoked. And to me, that is per se definition of arbitrary. Um, but under these facts, we think that this setback variance request can certainly be deemed to be arbitrary and capricious. Lastly, the staff found that the variance did not meet the element for matching the general intent and spirit of the code. Um, the code was written with a, a, a range of uh, guiding factors. Sustainable design, infill development, conscientiously enhancing a historic neighborhood are all within the spirit of the code. Um, these are all elements that can easily uh, be deemed to have been fulfilled uh, with this design, with this variance request. We think that this element is easily matched, met as well. In short, we think there's good reason for this request. We know it's minor. We hate to waste anyone's time or efforts on a minor request, but it's extremely important for the design of this house, and we appreciate your attention to the request. I'll look over at the Rademachers. Do you guys have anything that you'd like to add? Okay. All right. Well, we'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have about it. Thank you for your time tonight. Thank you. Um, any question for um, Mr. Watkins or the applicants? I have a question. Maybe it's for the architect, but what's what's the spacing? What's the measurement of the? It looks like I'm looking at. I'm not sure which. I'm looking at page 51 of 61, that shows the two cars in a garage and then what they're calling utility, utility, utility structures. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that's a driveway. And I'm wondering what's what's the width of that driveway. I'll let Regina handle that. <clears throat> so is it the narrow space between buildings? Yes. Asking it's, about? So that is not a driveway. It's um, planned to be paved in brick and is just a path, like okay. a path. Um, so it will act as like a private um, uh, pedestrian alley for the owners. And the width there is nine feet. Nine feet. Yeah, that narrow space between buildings is nine. Okay. That was actually really my... what was limiting us is the driveway width. So the driveway is that uh, squarer uh, proportioned uh, space between buildings right. closer to Indiana Street. And it's just that turning radius that's really limiting us there. Right. That was my first question was, it seems like we could squeeze this sidewalk a little bit, but it, it is the turning radius that causes that location of that garage to be... Uh, shifted to the north. Mm -hmm. We actually, if I may, we actually sure. measured the turning radius of the, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Philip Rodemaker. 
we actually measured the turning radius of our vehicles mm -hmm. back out of the driveway to try to make the driveway as narrow as possible. So that's what then dictated yeah. with okay. the driveway. I understand. Other questions? Okay, we'll reserve the right for... Yeah, something. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Yeah, one go last, ahead. One last thing I thought I would just add. the Because of the, the Wiedermeyer's house, which has been there for over 100 years maybe, but the height of it um, is one of the things we're dealing with in the design element to get the southern exposure on the south side of the house. That's part of the reason why we're pushing the house to the north as much as possible to gain that southern exposure um, on the south wall of the house. Is that what's uh, reflected by the dotted lines in the drawing? Yeah, Regina the, uh, can respond. Sun angle at different times of the year yes. yes that's correct in the section drawing you can see uh the two sun angles uh for winter and summer solstice uh, thank you when we get I, the winter with the lower sun i don't do real well with uh small print anymore um okay um We'll um, reserve the right for more questions if there are any <coughs> later, but um, I'm going to open the public hearing portion of this right now, see if we have any comments on the Zoom screen. I don't see anybody here in the room, so. There are no Zoom comments. Okay. Um, I don't know then that we necessarily need a motion to close the public hearing. Um, I think I can just do it unless I think Catherine that's fine since it otherwise. never really, yeah, I think that's fine since it never really opened since there was no comments. Um, so let's go back and make sure that uh, there are no more questions before we bring it to the board. Okay. I'll uh, open things up then for discussion and or motions. I guess I'll open it. Uh, um, this is a toss-up for me, honestly. Um, I can see no, it's not affecting anybody of the neighbors. They're trying to do a nice job of saving the trees and the area. Um, but at the same time, I look at it, and like I said, it's a toss-up If for sunlight, and there's five requirements that they have to meet 
um, that they're not meeting so I appreciate what they're doing to try to connect with the neighborhoods I saw one letter you know neighbors approving I don't see anybody objecting to it and like they said it's only two and a half feet and not five feet but again we have that five criteria that we must meet. So that's what I gotta. Um, I guess I'm gonna ask another question for the architect because I'm like looking closely at this drawing and um, it looks like the roof line actually encroaches somewhat into the two and a half feet which is allowable under the code, um, but it also appears that um, on the south side, the overhang is um, more significant, so it's not exactly symmetrical. There's more of an overhang to the south and less of one to the north, which would indicate some sensitivity to the setback. Is, is there any comment on my observation? Uh, yes. So we are holding overhangs somewhat uh, tight, as you see on the north um, side of the garage. Um, this is a typical overhang for a lot of the house. But then on the south, there's a very large overhang uh, this is to protect from summer sun, so um, southern light can be, um, solar gain can be reduced uh, when it's unwanted in the summer with large overhangs on the south. Um, but then the sun gets so low in the winter that that overhang still allows win winter sun to um, shine deep into the volume of the house. So. The differing overhangs you see on the north versus the south, it's really a response to the sun um, and to the site conditions we're holding tight on the north because, um, because we are so close to that uh, northern property line. On the south, we're just doing what we need to do to protect from summer sun and allow winter sun to enter the home. Does that help at all? Yeah, I was referring to the accessory structure, but... Ah, uh, okay, yes. So the overhang on the accessory structure? Yeah, it looks yes. like it's asymmetrical that there's more on the south side than the north side. So in other words, right. it seems to minimize encroachment into the setback. Absolutely. It was a... It was an iteration. We used to. It used to be symmetrical. We had the small overhang on both sides of the accessory structure, um, 
when we started to see that this north-south dimension was a challenge, um, we pulled that south wall of the accessory structure back a bit to allow a larger driveway to um, accommodate the turning radius that we need. Um, it just We made the garage smaller, essentially, under the um, symmetrical roof line um, so that we could eke out a bit more um, turning radius space in the driveway without actually moving the building. We just moved that south wall of the building. Okay, thank you. So, um, further discussion? Yeah, just question. What are, what are the dimensions of the uh, accessory structure? How wide is it? Or, or how long is it? I, no, how wide is it? Yes. It's 24 feet. 24 feet wide? Yes. Okay. And then where you see it's narrower, it's mm -hmm. actually 22 feet deep. So okay. where the pedestrian right. alleyway is, is 24, mm -hmm. and then at the driveway, it's 22. Right. Thank you. Yeah, I see that. Other questions or other discussion? Staff would just like to note that if you have additional questions for staff that staff can answer, they would be, I'd be happy to do so. Okay. so. If you're struggling in your discussion points. find myself, along with Peter, kind of torn by this. Um, and I feel like a little of it is above my pay grade in understanding uh, the solar issue. But I'll take it at the architect's word that that's uh, the way they want to maximize it. But. Um, this is a difficult one. This is uh, it's a good project. I commend you for that. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I don't think it's for us to try to redesign your project here either. So we're not going to do that, or I'm not anyway. But I, I will say I'm impressed that you've spent the amount of time you did on it, and you're taking it to this level. 
and that area over there, uh, you're right, is really nice. The changes that have occurred over there in the last five years, maybe seven years, yeah, have been great. For us, we're actually moving back to the neighborhood. We lived there about 25 years ago. Oh, is that right? Okay. Well. Curious what the other zoning board members have to say. I know we can't be here all night, <laughs> so um, it's like I said, it's hard for me and. or Adam anything to say? Well, since you asked, um, I too appreciate the amount of uh, thought and effort that's gone into this, but I am having trouble and I think we are um, being asked to endorse some design choices. I think Mr. Watkins' statements are very well taken, um, but still, I just, I can't quite get there. And I think I kind of follow that same thinking. Um, you know, this looks, really good um you know they're trying to maximize sunlight when they can minimize it when they can um, design looks good but it's 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 a new you know it's new construction on this um which yeah it's it's there there's i think yeah we're trying they're asking us to almost forgive them for not meeting, um, but yeah, that's how I see it. Well, I'm ready to make a motion. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, first I want to say I think the staff report is excellent and it's almost impossible to disagree with their findings, uh, particularly the one that this is a preference by the applicant. But I'm persuaded by the applicant's um, desire uh, to come up with a solution to a problem that they feel, is, feel strongly about that's unique to this property. Uh, the trees, I've spent some time walking around back there. It's, it, there are encumbrances. Uh, I'm impressed that Mr. Bassett, the neighbor who's most affected by it, uh, 
seems to be, I'm taking your word for it, that he's supportive of this. Um, I think the uniqueness of this is the applicant's uh, intent, and I, I struggle with is that is that contrary to the uh, to the uh, five conditions? Uh, I I I'm also struggling with the hardship, but again, I, I understand what they're trying to do. I'm persuaded by the arc. This is the maximum best use of the site. Uh, so that's why I'm recommending approval of it. Okay, so the motion is to approve the variance request. Uh, is there a second for that motion? I'm going to second that motion. Okay. Moved and seconded. Um, <laughs> Are we ready so, to call the roll? Uh, well, I was going to ask if there's any more articulation of findings that anyone wanted to make before we voted. If not, we'll call the roll. Are you ready for me to call the roll? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Herod? Opposed. Shalinsky? No. Shanuda? Approve. Aye. Rankin? Opposed. Palos? Aye. Okay, that motion failed three to two. So we would okay. need a new motion. Any other motions? I will make a motion to approve to approve the staff recommendation that we deny the uh, the variance requested tonight. I'll second that one. Okay, moved and seconded. Um, let's go ahead and vote. Herod. Aye. Shalinsky. Aye. Shanuda? Oppose. Rankin? Aye. Palos? Opposed. Okay. So that motion carried three to two. All right. <coughs> Thank you all. Um, you can see we struggled with this one. Um, okay. Is there any further business to come before the BZA tonight? Uh, we have no miscellaneous items. And as far as I know, currently we do not have any submittals, but we still have 
some time in the deadline for next month. So. All right. Um, is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. All second. All right. Call the roll, please. We could do a show of eye or hands if you okay, want to. Okay, all in favor. <laughs> I think that's five to zero. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody. Adjourn. Thanks, everyone. Right. Catherine, happy new year. Twice, so be safe. Happy new year. Yeah. Put your hand up twice. <laughs> <laughs> or both hands were up.